never faced a threat like this. A team is being assembled. We are the best in the world. I won't end. Mission is a go. Here they come. When all else fails, we don't. G.I. Joe. Real American heroes. Go, go, go! This film is not yet rated. Hello, everyone. Yes, that is the one of the many G.I. Joe TV spots airing on television these days, because the movie just came out a couple days ago. I did go to see it, and I'll be talking about that on today's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. This is Rico, your host. Today is August the 9th, 2009. This is Podcast 239. And we're going to be looking at uh, an original Trek episode as well. I'm going to be covering that one. It is called The Changeling. This is from early in Season 2. I'll be uh, going to do the commentary style. Uh, I haven't done that a lot with TOS episodes, and I wanted to do that with this one. So I'll be playing the episode uh, in its entirety and commenting as we go. Talk a little bit more about recent sci-fi things on TV. There seems to be uh, quite a bit of stuff showing up and uh, to enjoy and watch. And, and just a little bit of news and other information, as uh, always. So sit back. Here we go. Hey folks, uh, this is Rico, and this is another edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. I don't know why I'm feeling like starting to laugh right off the bat today for some reason. Uh, Maybe a little tired. It's uh, kind of a weird weather weekend here in Michigan. We had a ton of rain yesterday, a little bit more this morning, and now it's getting kind of warm and sticky, which this summer here has been one of the coolest on record. So this is a little unusual uh, right now. It's supposed to be like up into the 90s today, but... uh, I'm just down in my cool little uh, basement lair recording uh, this podcast for all of you, so I'm fine. Uh, the past week uh, has been about the usual uh, fun for me, <laughs> looking for a job, doing some stuff around the house. Uh, did see G.I. Joe, which I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, saw that on uh, Friday with my friend Mark. It was a good movie, I thought, uh, much like I thought the Transformers, you know, a lot of action. Uh, you know, there's a story in there a little bit. Why Why do all these crazy kind of megalomaniac kind of guys just, they just don't get it, you know? I, I don't know. I, 
I, I find some of these storylines to be kind of very contrived, I, I guess is the best way to put it. It it just the you know almost every element in this movie now now keep in mind I did enjoy it I I can enjoy movies like this just for kind of the action elements and and that kind of stuff and and the characters were okay I was never into GI Joe so I didn't know that much about it but uh, it's just the, these are like cardboard cutout kind of storylines and, and people to a degree I mean they tried to go a little bit into some of the backstory on some of the characters. I'm not going to uh, spoil anything, but you know, I still think it's worth watching if this is the, your kind of thing, GI Joe and all that. Um, what else? You know, there's a few things that kind of you know groaned at things that happened in the movie that just didn't really add up or make sense. But overall, I was pretty satisfied, and it, it's exactly what you'd expect by uh, from the commercials and all of that. Uh, you get what you uh, expect out of this movie. There's nothing you know really amazing uh, or surprising in it very much. One thing I would say is that there's a good sequence in the middle of it that's pretty neat, but I do think this is one of those movies that they, they gave away a few too many things in the trailer. There's some uh, fairly big things that happen, and, and that whole part, there's a whole part of the movie that leads up to what happens in, or one of the big scenes in the movie. Uh, I'm trying not to say too much. If you've seen the commercials, you probably know what I'm talking about. But that whole suspense element of are they going to be able to stop what they're doing or not is really taken away, I think, by some of the commercials. And I know they want to do these commercials to get people to go see the movie, but that, you know, they they could have edited the commercial to not, you know, show everything that happened and and, and let you know that, well, they're not going to be able to stop them at this certain point in the movie, if that makes sense. <laughs> hey, let's move on to some other Trek and, and other talk. How about the news in the world of sci-fi? Stay tuned. On the Trek front, uh, there's not a huge amount uh, coming out right now. It's kind of a, a bit of a lull. I mean, they're releasing a little more info on the Blu-ray sets that are coming for TOS, and they also, a little bit of talk about the movie. I guess they're going to be getting into scripting that pretty soon, but they're, even with the big Star Trek convention, and I've been following the coverage, there's a big con out in Vegas this weekend right now, it's still going on. Uh, lots of celebrities out there, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, I think, is out there. Anyway, a lot of uh, TNG and, and Deep Space Nine cast and, and, and everyone Voyager and just uh, just all the uh, usual people that go to these things and check uh, trekmovie.com also another good site is trekcore.com they've got some coverage or some uh, pictures showing up on the internet I've uh, linked those in the forums hey join the forums if you're not a member anyway uh, but they the or, the Orsi and Kurtzman who are who wrote the recent uh, Trek movie the one from a few months ago by JJ Abrams directed it uh, they they haven't really said a whole lot about the the next film. They're still you know just in the early early stages. They're saying they've only had a meeting or two with JJ and and trying to pin down what kind of direction they want to go and all that. Uh, but you know it is going to happen. The, the JJ Abrams is going to be a very busy man, especially you know he's got TV shows and two big projects really uh, f- around the same time frame. He's supposed to be working on both. The next Trek film, of course, uh, and probably will direct it, I think. 
he seems to have had a very good time and a fun time with the last one. And I, I'd be really shocked if he doesn't direct this next Trek movie. It would be a surprise to me. Anyway, he's also going to be doing work on the next Mission Impossible movie, which I really enjoyed, Mission Impossible 3, the last uh, Mission Impossible that he directed with Tom Cruise. I thought that that was one of the best, if not the best, of the Mission Impossible series. Uh, I didn't really care for number two. Number one was okay, but I thought number three really upped the ante in the action and, and, and really seemed to put the main character, Ethan Hunt, uh, Tom Cruise's character in those movies in a lot of danger and put him in some difficult situations that you really wondered whether, you know, how he was going to get out of them. So for 2011, like two years from now, that those both those projects are supposed to be, you know, finished and, and, and released in that summer. At least that's the target right now that I'm hearing for both the next Trek film and Mission Impossible. Uh, what else? I want to talk about sci-fi on TV. Warehouse 13 is is slowly turning into probably my favorite current like summer sci-fi show. Really enjoying that a lot. Has a good uh, cast and just the stories are are good. It's really well done. Uh, I'm liking uh, what I'm seeing on it. Uh, they also had Joe Flanagan. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, John Shepard from uh, the Atlantis, Stargate Atlantis days, he was on as a guest. Uh, Joe was on last week's episode of Warehouse 13, so that was fun. Uh, just a fun show to watch. It's on, I think, I usually I always watch it on TiVo, so it's always hard for me to remember, but I think it's Tuesday nights they air, which seems a little like an odd night to me for some reason. I, I don't know. But uh, I'd almost prefer it on Friday. There's something about sci-fi on the Sci-Fi Channel uh, having good stuff on Friday night. So they have a Eureka on Friday. But I think it'd be kind of nice if they paired up this uh, Warehouse 13 with Eureka on Friday. And what else? So the new show Defying Gravity started last Sunday on ABC. I think you can still check this out. I think you can see it on iTunes right now, I've heard. For free, they showed two back-to-back episodes, kind of like one long story. But this is this uh, movie set somewhat in the future, like about fifty-ish years in the future, about a, a group of astronauts that go on a, a deep space mission to explore the solar system with some other strange, weird stuff going on. Uh, Ron Livingston uh, from the movie Office Space is starring in it, along with some other people that you'll probably recognize from other shows. Not a hugely well-known cast. They, they, they kept it kind of low on, on that end of things, which I, th- I thought was good. Uh, you know, why, why spend a lot of money on big names? You know, let the cast do their work, let some good actors do their work, um, and give some new people a chance. Uh, what else has been, uh, have I been watching? Uh, the other shows, Leverage, Burn Notice, and aren't really sci-fi, but I've been enjoying those during the summer. Um, I think I, oh, I did see the Dragon Ball movie, which is sort of sci-fi fantasy, which was kind of fun. I was never into that anime Dragon Ball show at all, but that was a fun little movie. Uh, I thought it was, uh, it had some nice action and, uh, I was surprised it was, uh, it was better than I thought it would be I, in a way. I know a lot of people, I think that were into Dragon Ball. This is one of those cases where they changed a lot of things for the film to make it kind of a coherent, you know, story for about an hour. And I think it was like an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes. So. I saw that this past week as well, and uh, I think that's mostly it of as far as recent things in sci-fi on TV and movies that I've been uh, looking at. Uh, I am looking forward to quite a bit District 9. That movie will be opening next uh, weekend, and that looks really good, so I can't wait to see it. Want to contribute to the weekly podcast with audio comments? Send them in to TrekSF.com. 
at gmail.com or visit www.trexinsci-fi.com Trex and Sci-Fi with Rico Dust. Did you recognize that uh, 80s TV show theme? Uh, kind of going back and doing what I said I was going to start a couple of podcasts back. Uh, started la- that with Misfits of Science. This time out, it is an 80s show, another 80s show called Airwolf, which is, a, a, you know, sci-fi in, in nature and, and just something I really loved at the time when I was watching it when it was out. This uh, ran from 84 to 87. It was for, It was on for four seasons Really, the first three were pretty good. The fourth one was totally different, almost an entirely new cast. Uh, it, it just, I don't even count that season. That, that was hogwash in my, that's what I said, yes, hogwash. <laughs> anyway, Jan Michael Vincent, Ernest Borgnine, Alex Cord. Alex Cord was in Genesis 2, that uh, TV pilot movie uh, by Gene Roddenberry. Uh, he played sort of a Stringfellow Hawks sort of uh, overseer from this place called The Company or The Firm. That was what it was, I think, The Firm. Anyway, you know, high-tech helicopter, always out uh, trying to do good and save people and things and sent off on missions and stuff. Just uh, a great show and, and something that uh, would be really ripe, I think, to have a remake these days. Uh, either a, a big-budget film or perhaps a TV series. Uh, you know, Knight Rider, when they remade it, I mean, they just lost what that show was all about. And, you know, it, it just was a ri- ridiculous. They need to get the people back on board who Donald uh, Donald uh, Belisario, I think, yes, that was the guy who created Airwolf. Get him if he's still around and available. And just, you know play you know just look at the episodes and see what made him good and and, you know maybe we could get a cool remake of airwolf someday anyway that's sort of our flashback show for this week on treks and sci-fi now i think we're going to segue over into this week's episode of trek the commentary that we're going to be doing about the episode the changeling from the original trek series season two so uh, hey let's hit it okay here we go with the changeling from season two of the original Star Trek. Any response from Malurians, Lieutenant? Nothing since their original distress call, sir. What about the Federation science team working there? Dr. Manway had a special transmitter. There's nothing, sir. I'm scanning all frequencies. They have to answer. Captain. They will not answer. The long-range sensor sweep of this system reveals no sign of life. But that can't be. The last census reported a total inhabitation of more than four billion people. I register no life readings at all, sir. 
is impossible. What could have happened? This is a, uh, a good episode to watch. You know, the characters are very well established here early in season two of the original series. Good, you know, overall look to the episode as well. And uh, it had some cool enhanced effects when you saw the uh, enhanced version of it. I'm just playing the normal, but you wouldn't notice any difference on the audio. In addition, we received a routine report from the system only a week ago. And the Cymbeline blood burn does not act that swiftly. Captain. Shields just snapped on. Something heading in at multi-warp speeds. Good use of uh, music, too. Uh, you know, I always liked the original Trek and the music that they uh, were able to blend into the show added a lot to it. Unlike some of the later series, which still had some good music, but just not quite the punch and dramaticness of... Is that a word? Dramaticness? The level of drama that uh, original series always seem to have for me. There's this big blast of energy coming towards the Enterprise right now. And now they're doing the patented bridge rolling around. So obviously something's out there, something's attacking uh, the, the good old Enterprise crew, and uh, they got to figure out what it is. And that's the, you know, overall idea and premise of this episode. This uh, was production number 37, if you're keeping track of Star Trek, the original series, called The Changeling. The writer of this episode is John Meredith Lucas. And it was directed by Mark Daniels, a very seasoned TOS director. It's uh, it's basically a story uh, very much, you know, in the sci-fi realm. There's this probe that they're going to contact, and it, it has changed while it's been out in space. The, the big thing about this episode, that when people see it now, is they'll, they'll say, if they weren't really into original series Trek, they'll say, well, that, that episode is just like Star Trek The Motion Picture. And, well, keep in mind that this came quite a bit, you know, 12-ish years or so, 11, 12 years before Star Trek The Motion Picture. So we'll talk more about that connection a little bit as we go on uh, into uh, our discussion about uh, the Changeling. Okay, we're back uh, into the episode now. Our shields absorbed energy equivalent to 90 of our photon torpedoes. 90. That seems a little high to me, doesn't it? 90 photon torpedoes? Wouldn't 90 photon torpedoes probably take out their brid, their ship completely? I mean, they've been hit by torpedoes from other ships before. A few of them seem to really knock them around. 90? They, they wouldn't even be there. So that's a little bit much. Um, that's something that changed if I uh, reading back on this. Originally, it wasn't supposed to be such a high number. It was supposed to be like five or six or something. I'm looking at my uh, Star Trek uh, compendium here as we go with some of the background information on this episode. One of the places and references that I check before I do these podcasts. speed of those bolts. Approximately warp 15, Captain. Captain, outrun. Good, Scotty, we're doing the right thing. There's Kaylee. Kaylee came down. Hi, Kaylee. Say hi to everyone. She's quiet this morning. I think she's tired. <laughs> so they're still under attack. They've had a few more of these blasts come in. Very small. 
bearing, one, two, three degrees, marked, one, eight, range, 90,000 kilometers. That's our target, Mr. Sulu. Prepare photon torpedoes. Shield's still holding, sir, but the drain on the engines is reaching the critical point. Ah, we just lost warp maneuvering power. Switching to impulse. Photon torpedoes on, sir. Has the target changed location, Mr. Spark? No, sir. Holding steady. Ready, photon torpedo number two. Trying to tweak and adjust the volume of the episode two. It's a little, uh... Try not to make it too loud so you can still hear what I have to say, because that's important, you know. Directed. No effect. Target absorbed full energy of our torpedo. Absorbed it? There must be damage to your instruments, Mark. They're in good working order, Captain. could have absorbed that much energy and survived. Lieutenant, try to make contact. Aye, sir. Sir, he fired another. Can we take it, Mr. Scott? That's problematical, sir. This kind of, uh, one thing about the beginning of this that I don't quite get is, is why they took so long before they want to open a, trying, a hailing Translator channel. computer. All hailing frequencies open. Aye, sir. All hailing frequencies open. To unidentified vessel, this is Captain James Kirk of the USS Enterprise. We are on a peaceful mission. We mean no harm to you or any life forms. Please communicate with us. Have any my uh, readings, Mr. patented, Spock? not really, I guess, patented, but Computing my now, green Captain. tea uh, from Arizona Weight this morning. 500 kilograms, shape roughly cylindrical. Length, fraction over one meter. 500 kilos and only one meter long? What kind of intelligent creatures can exist in a thing that small? Intelligence does not necessarily require 500 kilos require is bulk, roughly uh, uh, more Captain, than a thousand pounds. we're getting pounds, a signal from the spacecraft. I think if I'm doing my math right in my head. I think it's actually about more like twelve or thirteen hundred pounds. Analysis sector. So just for those people out there who are still on the English system, analysis sector. Like most of us, Channel at least one, listening, probably main here. Main computer, decode. Captain, this message is a sort of binary, extremely sophisticated, compressed, carrying several channels at once. Can you decode it? No clue as yet, Captain. Moment. Transmission speed has stepped down, much slower. Seems to be a single binary. It's mathematical. Yes, one symbol. The symbol repeat. Sir, that isn't in the Starfleet code. It's it's an old-style interplanetary code. Fascinating. Repeat what? A message, I say? It would seem so, Captain. This is Captain James Kirk of the USS Enterprise. We are on a peaceful mission in this part of the galaxy. We have no hostile intentions. We request identity. It's another signal now, sir. It's a formula, Captain. They're sending us a mathematical message and requesting language equivalents. They're trying to communicate. 
tie in the ship's translator to the communication channel. Let them take it at their own speed. Aye, Captain. Cut power, Lieutenant. Overloaded and burned out. I guess they can take it faster than we can give it. Captain, the message is coming in now. I like the now. part of this episode here where they're trying to, you know, USS establish communication. Enterprise. This is Nomad. My mission is non-hostile. Yeah, you shoot they first, they though, don't you? The computer's burned down. Nomad. Require communication. Can you leave your ship? It is impossible to... Come aboard your ship because of the size differential. Non-sequitur, your facts are uncoordinated. We are prepared to beam you aboard our ship. That will be satisfactory. Do you require any special conditions, any particular atmosphere or environment? Negative. I will come aboard. Good. Hold your position. We're locked onto your coordinates. We'll beam you aboard. Captain, you're not really going to bring that thing in here. Do we have any choice, Scotty? Besides, once it's aboard, it won't be taking any more shots at us. Lieutenant, get a repair crew on that computer. Get Dr. McCoy down to the transporter room. Spock, you come with me. Scotty, you too. Dr. McCoy to the transporter room. Maintenance crew C5. Every time I hear that and see that scene, there's this uh, blooper where Scotty comes up behind Kirk when they were doing that sequence, and he's like, Captain, you forgot about the environment and all that stuff. You sure you really want to do that? And it's a great scene in the. If you haven't seen the original series bloopers, you know, check YouTube or other online video sources. So they beam this thing on, and it's this sort of metal cylindrical-looking shaped device. I've got it up in the daily picks today on on the Trek Daily Pick site, uh, which you can link off of treksinsci-fi.com. And it's kind of floating in midair in the transporter room. Negative, Captain. It has a protective screen. I cannot get through. What we do now? Go up and knock? Relate your point of origin. The voice for a Nomad, you may we recognize, it's actor Vic Perrin. He uh, did other Trek episodes. He was also involved in uh, The Outer Limits. Uh, I think the controller's voice on that. Well, if we show it a close-up view of our system, if it has no point of reference, it won't know any more than it does now. Reasonable, of course. If you care to leave your ship, we'll provide the necessary life support systems. Non sequitur. Your facts are uncoordinated. This is uh, something that I, don't I think anybody's in there. really like to have no a replica beings. of like one to one scale nomad, nomad one day. Be a cool thing. In my opinion, that's a machine. Indeed. It is reacting much like a highly sophisticated computer. I am nomad. What is opinion? An opinion is a belief. View or judgment. Insufficient response. What's your source of power? It has changed since the point of origin. There was much taken from the other. I am perpetual now. I am nomad. Isn't there a probe called Nomad launched in the early 2000s? Yes. It was reported destroyed. There were no more in the series. But if this is that probe, I will scan your star charts. I will bring them. 
I have the capability of movement within your ship. For the time, for the 60s, they do a pretty good job of, of having Nomad on the ship floating around. It was, of course, mounted sometimes on a base, and the guys would move it around. Other times it was hung by a cord, of course, of some type that they were able to mask in the, in the post-production. It's basically a metal kind of cylinder device. Uh, pretty cool looking, actually, I think. It's actually later used in another episode in, I believe, the Enterprise incident in a different fashion, like upside down. So now Nomad is following them around. In the original draft of this story, the probe was named Altair, and there were other modifications and changes to that uh, that I'll talk about as we go, too. Not really big things. Basically, to get uh, Nomad on board in the original draft, Kirk projected sort of his image out in space, and that's how Nomad sort of uh, is stopped and recognizes, uh, well, you'll hear in a minute, he, the name James Kirk is similar to his creator's name. Yeah. A planet with one large natural satellite? Yeah. The planet is called Earth... Yes. You are the creator, the Kirk. This sterilization procedure against your ship was unnecessary. What sterilization procedure? You are the Kirk, the creator. You programmed my function. Well, I'm not the Kirk. Tell me what your function is. This is one of your units, creator? <laughs> yes, he is. It functions irrationally. Sometimes, but tell them your function nevertheless. My function is to probe for biological infestations, to destroy that which is not perfect. I am Nomad. Okay, that's a little uh, dangerous. There was never any probe sent out for that. I believe the history computer can answer that question. I'll have the readout in a moment. Did you destroy the Malurian system? Not the system, Creator Kirk. Only the unstable biological infestation. It is my function. Unstable infestation? The population of four planets? What kind of function? Doctor. Why do you call me the Creator? Is the usage incorrect? Well, I... The usage is correct, old man. Creator was simply... Testing your memory banks. There was much damage in the accident. Mr. Singh. Come here, Holland. This unit will see to your needs. Sir? I'll be back in a moment, gentlemen. Well, he doesn't quite have a red shirt on, but he has sort of a red smock, this Mr. Singh character. I've got all the available with. information on the Nomad probe, and I'm convinced that this object is indeed that probe. It's ridiculous. Earth science couldn't begin to build anything with those capabilities that long ago. True. Nomad was destroyed. Presumed destroyed by a meteor collision. I submit that it was badly damaged and somehow managed to repair itself. I heard some lectures at the Academy on the Nomad probe. Its mission was essentially peaceful. Yeah, one of the large things you have to get past in this episode is this small little thing, no matter how much, you know, 
altered and changed technology it has was able to do the damage that it could do and put out the energy and attack the Enterprise and all that. It's a it's a fairly big leap, you know, matter and, you know, can't be created out of nothing, but, you know, you that's the sci-fi-ish element of this. You know, unlike the comparison to the motion picture version of this kind of story where V'ger was this massively huge... Uh, constructed uh, probe thing with the small little Voyager uh, 6 inside of it. One moment, Lieutenant. good shot of some of the different areas on, on the ship on the Enterprise, this sort of auxiliary control room area. Now Nomad is uh, got this little antenna he shot out and he is this I guess you can call it... the creator of Nomad. Perhaps the most brilliant though erratic scientist of his time. His dream was to build a perfect thinking machine capable of independent logic. You recall his name? Of course, Jackson Royker. Jackson... Roy Kirk, Captain James Kirk. Yes, similar. Captain, I believe that Nomad thinks you are Roy Kirk. That may well be why the attack was broken off. It responded to your name as well as its damaged memory banks permitted. What do we have on Nomad itself, Spark? Well, that's not the same. Essentially, it is, Doctor. I believe that more happened to it than just damage meteor collision it mentioned the other the unanswered question is the other what nomad was a thinking machine the best that could be engineered it was a prototype its purpose was certainly altered its directive to seek out and destroy biological infestations could not have been programmed into it as i recall it wasn't it was supposed to be the first interstellar probe to seek out new life forms precisely doctor and somehow that programming has been changed it would seem that Nomad is now seeking out perfect life forms, perfection being measured by its own relentless logic. If what you say is true, then we've taken aboard our vessel a device which sooner or later must destroy us. Uh, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Security. Lieutenant Carlisle here. This is the captain. The mechanism we brought aboard is in the auxiliary control room. Have a security team meet me there in five minutes. I, sir. Acknowledge. Yep. Mr. Singh reports that Nomad is no longer in the auxiliary control room. Security cancel that well, order. He didn't do a very good job. Implement a full know. search for the mechanism. All decks. Report to me here. One easy solution I could think of, although they didn't know what this was going to be before they got it on board the ship, would have been to just not rematerialize it, right? You know, they never really did that a lot in the original series, play with the transporter and that kind of, uh, you know, way, you know, it's like, okay, we'll beam you aboard, we'll beam you aboard, we start to beam you aboard, and we just, well, we never really rematerialize you, you're just left in there, or somehow we destroy the matter and stuff, and bang, they're gone, so... But, of course, that would have made the story much easier. And they didn't really know what Nomad was before they brought it on board, except that it was blasting the heck out of it. 
what I think I gotta turn this meaning? down, but... What form of communication? I don't know what it... This is kind of nice little scene here with Uhura having a little bit more to do. For what purpose is singing? I don't know. I, I like to sing. I felt like music. What is music? Think about music. Lieutenant, keep away from my study! <laughs> So Uhura was sort of being probed, Scotty ran up and got blasted by Nomad. Stead, Oh, classic line. He's dead, Jim. Scotty's dead. So McCoy, classic, he's dead, Jim line. Why did you kill him? The unit touched my screens. Don't touch me. That unit was my chief engineer. Lieutenant. Lieutenant, are you all right? Sick bay. What'd you do to her? That unit is defective. Its thinking is chaotic. Absorbing it unsettled me. That unit is a woman. A mass of conflicting impulses. <laughs> it's got down below. Oh, that, that part is kind of funny, you have to admit. That is a woman. A mass of conflicting Will impulses. Will the creator effect repairs on the unit, Scott? He's dead. Insufficient response. Is... Biological functions have ceased. Does the creator wish me to repair the unit? There's nothing I can do, Jim. If there's a chance, it'll have to be soon. Yeah, sure, go ahead, do that. Yeah. All right, Nomad. Repair the unit. I require tapes on the structure. Well, I'll need tapes on general anatomy central nervous system, and then one on the physiological structure of the brain. And we'd better give it all the neurological studies we have, as well as tracings of Scotty's hyperencephalogram. Nomad, I have arranged the tapes for flash feed at the top speed of the computer. Please do not draw the information faster than the machine's capacity. comes his little antenna again, or his little probe, and uh, Spock's going to feed in the info on all the medical uh, stuff McCoy said. Nice mix of, again, music in this episode. Creator. Lots of The unit Scott is a primitive structure. Insufficient safeguards built in. Breakdown can occur from many causes. Self-maintenance systems of low reliability. It serves me as it is, Nomad. Repair it. Where is the unit, Scott, now? Body is in sickbay. Show me sickbay. 
Dr. McCoy will show you. It's a neat little view here where they're uh, following McCoy, Nomad is, and uh, into the uh, turbo lift. Very different kind of angle, low down to the ground. Security. On a 24-hour two-man armed surveillance on Nomad, pick him up in sickbay. So now Scotty's here on the table in sick bay, Nurse Chapel. Scanning him. Not looking too good. All I need is a wee bit of scotch. No reaction, Doctor. I could have told you that without looking. It's unbelievable. Fascinating. How did I get here? How did I? It's all right. What? That thing did something to Lieutenant. Scotty, she's being taken care of. It's all right. Just take it easy and lie down, Scotty. Yeah, so he doesn't exactly remember being blasted to death. It will function correctly if your information to me was correct. I'd like to check it out if you don't mind. A man is not just a biological unit that you can patch together. What did it do to me? Dr. McCoy will explain it to you. Well, doctor. Nurse, I want him prepared for a full physical examination. Yes, sir. Nomad, come here. that unit not possible he restored Scott he had much more extensive damage the unit Scott required simple structural repair the knowledge banks of this unit have been wiped clean if that is correct if there has been no brain damage but only knowledge erased she could be re-educated Bones. yes I'll get on it right away Oh, and in spite of the way you repaired Scotty, you metal ticking... Does the creator wish Nomad to wait elsewhere? Yes. Nomad, you will go with these units. They will take you to a waiting area. Uh-oh, two red shirts here on board. Although the red shirts seem a little orangey in this uh, scene Doctor. for some reason. Maybe you got washed a few too many times. I interrupted you because Nomad would not have understood your anger. It has great technical skill, but its reaction to emotion is unpredictable. It almost qualifies as a life form. <laughs> That's a laugh. This uh, yeah, situation with Lieutenant Uhura in this and re-educating her mind wipe thing, that one I have a little hard time with, you know. I want to know what makes that thing tick. It's like yes, sir. if they wipe out your whole memories, you know, 20 years worth of learning or whatever. It's really kind of hard to swallow that you could pick that right back up again in a short period of time. I guess you just have to say that maybe it was all sort of still there. It just needed to sort of be reminded in a way or whatever. I mean, you have to think something like that. I have convince Nomad to lower his screens for analysis. Without his cooperation, I can do nothing. Nomad. You will allow Mr. Spock to probe your memory banks and structure. 
Mr. Spock is also one of your biological units, Creator? Yes. This unit is different. It is well-ordered. Follow your instructions, Nomad. My screens are down. Thank you. You may proceed. See the dog. See the dog. I sound it out. Run. That's it, Uhura. That's very good. Now, try the next one. The dog has a... The dog... Sikumbuka. Not, not Swahili, Uhura. In English, the dog has a ball. See? B-A-U. Ball. Now, you go ahead. Hey, on the the dog has a ball. That's right. Oh, that's right. One of the rare, uh, rare times you'd hear a little of Swahili from Lieutenant uh, Uhura, here. which is you kind of a neat one. part of this episode. All right, Christine. How's she doing? Well, she's on the first grade reader. She's learning. Seems to have an aptitude for mathematics. Do you think we can re-educate her, Doctor? Well, she checks out with no brain damage. We've got all the educational tapes in our library. Now it's up to us. She's going to college on the computer, you know, online. It is not sufficient, Captain. I get certain references to the accident, the other, but nothing clear. There are areas I simply cannot scan. I've got to know about it, Spock. What makes it operate? It's compulsion for perfection. Captain, I suggest the Vulcan mind probe. Get into direct mental contact with that thing? It seems the only way. You saw what it did to Uhura. There is a risk, but I have formed a partial hypothesis. I must check it out. Again, here you're seeing, you know, something that uh, was very reminiscent oh, of you what they did Spock. in the motion picture of Star Trek, where Spock uh, mind melded with V'ger. It's a form of communication. You will permit it. I will permit it, Creator. Now we get to see a really kind of interesting scene in this episode with Spock melding with the machine with Nomad here. Playing the usual Vulcan music that they use in these scenes. I am Nomad. I am performing my function. Deep emptiness. It approaches collision, damage, 
blackness. I am the other. I am Tan Ru. Tan Ru. Nomad. Tan Ru. Error. Law. Imperfection. Must. Sterilize. Rebirth. We are complete. Much power. Ganta nu ika han ru. The creator instructs. Search out, identify, sterilize imperfections. We are nomad. We are nomad. We are complete. We are instructed. Our purpose is clear. Sterilize imperfections. Sterilize imperfections. Nomad. Sterilize. Sterilize. Nomad. Sterilize. Nomad. Sterilize. Nomad. You're in contact with the unit spot. Stop. Stop. Acknowledge. So uh, he's uh, got Spock out of there, and Nomad's in the security holding cell. Good, good little scene there, though. I really like that part of this episode. Spock, amazing. Spock, fascinating, Captain. Spock, Spock, are you, you okay? The depth. What does it mean? We are Nomad. It was, uh, it was, it was damaged in deep space. And undoubtedly, the meteor collision, its memory banks were destroyed, or most of them. It wandered without purpose, and then it met the other. The other was an alien probe of great power. Somehow they merged, repaired each other, became one. Then it isn't Nomad. Not the Nomad we launched from Earth. It took from the other a new directive to replace its own. The other was originally programmed to secure and sterilize soil samples from other planets. Probably as a prelude to colonization. Changeling. I beg your pardon. An ancient Earth legend, Mr. Spark. Changeling was a fairy child that was left in place for a human baby. The changeling assumed the identity of the human child. So, it is to sterilize. And for sterilize, read, kill. And it has the power and the sophistication to do it. 
a yes. nice uh, touch there oh, with you know the how they got the name for this episode the changeling space happy the fairy child thing left in place of a human here mother. there's a probe that they thought was from earth only but only now it's found out that it's partially still nomad yes and they got to figure out what to do about it because it's uh, dangerous of course But, you know, anytime there's a computer on the Enterprise, Kirk and Spock can usually handle it. It just busted out of security, by the way. Don't shoot it. Don't do it. Don't. Nope. Two red shirts gone. And now it's wandered its way down to uh, engineering here. Nomad's uh, going to go say hi to his buddy, Scotty. Notify the captain. What are you doing here? Watch your panels, everyone. Watch that polymath. Roger. Help with the inner factor. Leave that alone. How are you doing that? The energy release controls are also most inefficient. I shall effect repair. More maintenance, Scott, and increasing. Blow your dampers. Warp nine. Cut your circuits, all of them. Warp 10, Mr. Scott. Impossible. It can't go that fast. You just won't stop, Mr. Scott. Warp 11. Oh, man, stop what you're doing. Scotty. Is there a problem, Creator? I have increased engine efficiency 57%. You will destroy my ship. Its structure cannot stand the stress of that much power. Turn off your repair operation. Acknowledged. It is reversed as ordered, Creator. Scott, give Sulu warp to and keep her there. Nice. Captain. I've examined the brig. The force field door on the security cell is damaged, and the guards have vanished. I must assume they are dead. You killed two of my... Creator, your biological units are inefficient. No matter, it's about time I told you who and what you are. I'm a biological unit and I created you. Non-sequitur, biological units are inherently inferior. This is an inconsistency. No matter, there are two men waiting outside. You will not harm them. They will escort you back to the waiting area. You will stay there. You will do nothing. I am programmed to investigate. I have given you new programming, and you will implement. There is much to be considered before I return to launch point. I must re-evaluate. Uh-oh. The jig is up. 
another time they use that camera angle in this episode here where it probably is being pushed along on a dolly. And two more red shirts show up to escort it, and they're all like saying, gosh, what happened to Charlie and I Frank? it is about to reevaluate his creator. <laughs> Captain, it may have been unwise to admit to Nomad that you're a biological unit. In Nomad's eyes, you must now undoubtedly appear imperfect. It was a foolish mistake. Even worse, Nomad just now made a reference to its launch point, Earth. Spock, do you think it's possible that it got a fix on Earth when it tapped the computers earlier? I do not believe there is much beyond Nomad's capabilities. And we've shown it the way home. You know, that part, I have a hard time again. That's one of the other little things. It's like admitting that you're a biological unit to Nomad, which did have kind of figured that out by this point, scanning them and talking to them. I mean, like, that one I don't quite follow, but I guess it was dramatic, you know, the fact that uh, he told it. And it sets them on a path for this episode a little bit, too. The presence of Nomad aboard my ship has become nightmarish. Now it apparently means to return to Earth. Once oh, there, there's two more guys with them now, and I don't recognize these life. being the same, so. Hey, Nomad, stop! No, no, don't shoot it. Nomad, don't do it. This way. I warned them. Two more red shirts. This is probably maybe the red shirt body count, except for maybe the other second season episode called The Apple. There's quite a few that go in that episode, too. I don't know. I mean, it would just be like, let him go. I mean, you saw what happened. I, I mean, you can't shoot it with a little hand phaser. The Enterprise's weapons couldn't do anything. I don't know. I'm just like, do they teach these guys anything? You know, I just, I mean, follow it. Ask it to stop nicely, but. Manual controls. No response. Oh, man. Oh, man. Stop. Nomad, stop! Nomad! Now they uh, find Christine uh, Nurse Chapel on the ground, but she's okay. What happened? Nomad examined the personnel files and the medical history. She tried to stop him. Whose history? Yours. She, she didn't get killed, though, unlike these redshirt guys. I suggest it has completed its reevaluation. And found that its creator is as imperfect as all the other biological units. Register, Captain. Kirk here. Life support systems are out all over the ship. Manual override has been blocked. Source, engineering. Nomad. Undoubtedly. Jim, with all the systems out, we'll only have enough air and heat for... Get Scotty, some anti-gravs, and meet me in engineering. Uh, so he pops in engineering. Everyone's kind of knocked out. At least they're not all dead here. Stop what so. you're doing. And affect repairs on the life support systems. Stop. You're programmed to obey the orders of your creator. I am programmed to destroy those life forms which are imperfect. These alterations will do so without destroying the vessel which surrounds them. One of the things in the original uh, storyline and script for this episode that they brought up more was Spock was a lot more insistent on trying to save and salvage Nomad than he uh, than it shows in this uh, final version of the episode. 
he considered it a, an interesting and, and powerful life form use. and, you know, Are being a live, a living machine, he thought it was important to salvage it more. And no they, they kind of cut a little bit of that no part of this episode machine. out. Your programming tapes have been altered. You are in error. You are a biological unit. You are imperfect. And here's some classic Kirk versus machine, man versus machine stuff that uh, I enjoy a lot. But I am your creator. You are the creator. I created you? You are the creator. But I admit I am imperfect. How could I have created such a perfect thing as you? Answer unknown. I shall analyze. Analysis complete. Insufficient data to resolve problem. But my programming is whole. My purpose remains. I am nomad. I am perfect. That which is imperfect must be sterilized. Oh, never say you're perfect. Then you will continue to destroy that which thinks and lives and is imperfect. I shall continue. I shall return to launch point Earth. I shall sterilize. You must sterilize in case of error error is inconsistent with my prime function sterilization is correction everything that is in error must be sterilized there are no exceptions nomad i made an error in creating you the creation of perfection is no error. I did not create perfection, I created error. Your data is faulty. I am nomad, I am perfect. I am the Kirk, the creator. You are the creator. You are wrong. Jackson Roy Kirk, your creator, is dead. You have mistaken me for him. You are in error. You did not discover your mistake. You've made two errors. You are flawed and imperfect. And you have not corrected by sterilization. You've made three errors. Error, error, error. Whoops. Examine. <laughs> you are flawed and imperfect. Execute your prime function. I shall analyze error. Be careful. Analyze error. Now, get those anti-grabs on it. Examine. Error. Error. We've got to get rid of this while it's trying to think. Logic is impeccable, Captain. We are in grave danger. Got it. Analyze. Error. Error. Now they have these grab units that they grab onto it with and, and put them back into the transporter room. No man. You are imperfect. Error. Error. Exercise your prime function. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, just beam it at the exact moment where, just before it manages to blow itself up. Now they're looking in the little viewer here in the transporter about the space. And of course, Nomad executed its prime function and is no more. Blew itself up. Kirk basically outlogicked it. And, 
Congratulations, Captain. Dazzling display of logic. You didn't think I had it in me, did you, Spock? No, sir. Thought you might like to know that Lieutenant Uhura is back to college level. We should have her back on the job within a week. Good, Bones. Good. That's fast. I wish I could learn things that fast. What? The destruction of Nomad was a great waste, Captain. It was a remarkable instrument. Which might well have destroyed more billions of lives as well, Grom. Besides, what are you feeling so badly about? It's not easy to lose a bright and promising son. Sir. Well, it thought I was its mother, didn't it? You think I'm completely without feelings, Mr. Spark? You saw what it did for Scotty. What a doctor it would have made. My son, the doctor. Gets you right there. So there we have uh, the changeling from season two of the original Star Trek series. Uh, really good episode. And like I said, had a lot of uh, things in common with what they eventually did in Star Trek The Motion Picture. Of course, that, you know, was was taken into from a story, I think, uh, that Gene Roddenberry wrote called In Thy Image about V'ger coming back to Earth in this super form that it had, uh, you know, been changed into and wanting to merge with its creator very very similar things and uh next up i'm gonna play a couple of uh, audio comments from uh you guys about your comments on this episode and then i'll be back to wrap up this week's edition of treks and sci-fi sterilize sterilize hey rico it's brian i uh, just wanted to call in and give you a couple of quick thoughts about your uh, tos episode you're reviewing this week the changeling I always like this episode. Uh, it's not one of the better ones, but uh, I always thought the Nomad probe was a cool concept. Um, it's given nearly omnipotent powers somehow, which is, you know, in retrospect, I guess a bit of a stretch. It seems to have the ability to destroy the galaxy. Um, certainly this episode racks up its fair share on the body count. It kills Scotty. It kills Red Shirts. It erases Ohura's memory. So, uh, yeah, the probe is, uh, was was pretty tough, and uh, it's uh, it, it is a fun episode, especially when uh, Kirk manages to outlogic it at the end. Um, you know, I always thought in watching this episode and then thinking about Star Trek: The Motion Picture and the eventual development of the Borg as a villain in Next Generation, how cool it would be to sort of retcon those three things together, have uh, Nomad be this probe that we sent out from Earth that was discovered by the Borg and they reprogrammed it. And then the same thing happens with V'ger because, I mean, V'ger going to Machine World and everything was perfect for that. And then eventually you get to the Borg. It would be a, a neat way to sort of retcon the whole thing into one sort of story arc. Um, and it may, I never thought of that before because I'd sort of forgotten about the Changeling and Nomad's backstory and how he got to be the way he the probe got to be the way it was. So, anyway, just a couple of thoughts. Uh, not a lot else to say about it. Loving the show as always, my man, and keep up the great work. Hi, Rico. This is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen, Moyer777 on the forums. I love Treks and Sci-Fi, and I love that you're doing an original series episode reviewing The Changeling. And uh, what a great episode that was. My favorite part was seeing Nomad. I am Nomad. I just thought as a kid, I thought that was just amazing. Still like it. Funny how he looks just like M4 from Requiem, Requiem for Methuselah, isn't it? How does that work? Hmm. Anyway, great episode. It was fun to see uh, Spock mind meld with Nomad. 
it was just cool to see them outwit him and all that stuff. It was just, it was awesome. Great episode. So I wrote a song, uh, rewrote Linda Ronstadt's song, uh, It Hurts So Bad, and this is called It's Nomad. I hope you all enjoy it. Let me know what you think, and uh, see you next week. Treks and Sci-Fi rocks. Thanks, Rico. Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Traveling through, lost contact with the others too. Great song, Rick, as usual. Loved it. Uh, really, really good. And uh, thanks, uh, Rick and Brian, both for your comments. I, I, Brian, I like your idea about the, the retconning. Uh, retconning, yes. The For people who don't know what that means, it, it means, uh, uh, you know, sort of altering what's been written or or making things different. Uh, it, it's happened in, you know, it, it gets mentioned in comics a lot. Uh, in, it's been mentioned in Star Trek. It's been mentioned in Star Wars. It's... Uh, it's trying to make things, you know, changing things at some point uh, and making things fit. Uh, you know, one of one people have always said is the Enterprise 
series itself was sort of a retcon, you know, just because they they altered a, a bunch of stuff from or early in the Federation. And anyway, uh, the idea though of connecting the Borg, Nomad, and Viger all together is, uh, you know, definitely uh, doable. And, and you, you can kind of do that in your head. You know, they never really say specifically where this Tanru, this other probe, the other that uh, Nomad hooks up with hooks up with <laughs> oh that didn't sound right anyway that uh, nomad connects up with tan ru you know maybe that was a probe that was sent out by the borg who knows you know you can you can come up with stuff like that they've done that in books and stuff a lot they connect things uh in the book series for trek and for star wars things that seems like they should go together and Rick, again, Rick Moyer, thank you for your song and your comments. Yeah, you're right. The, the probe does show up in Requiem for Methuselah as Flint's little uh, handy, you know, in-house butler probe thing there. And I believe they still use part of it in Enterprise Incident as well in the Romulan, uh, uh, whatever, the cloaking device. Yes, I believe part of it's still reused for that. So you got to use those props again you know save some money so thanks guys very much for your comments and and as always anyone who wants to send in comments treksf at gmail.com uh, that's always uh, wonderful to get and uh, check out the main site check out the forums if you haven't been uh, I've got uh, a lot of things going on over there and uh, just all kinds of fun All right, we're going to wrap things up uh, real quick here now. This is uh, getting into the length that I like to release the podcast at or so. Uh, no time for collectibles uh, this week, and I don't got anything really all that new. There are a few older collectibles that I've had for a while that I haven't reviewed that I want to cover at some point, so we'll go over those, some Star Wars items especially. And have you seen the new trailer for uh, Season 2 of The Clone Wars? If you haven't checked that out, go to YouTube or, you know, just Google it and you'll find it. I think probably StarWars.com has it up now. I believe it was first shown at Comic-Con, uh, where they showed a lot of other good stuff that's uh, up-and-coming things. Uh, so that uh, is definitely worth uh, watching and pretty exciting. We'll get Season 2 of that in the fall on Cartoon Network. I wanted to mention, though, that uh, some things upcoming on the podcast, so you guys can jot this down. This will be... I, I put the new schedule up on the forum. I'm going to put it also up on the main website soon, too. But next week on the podcast, on the 16th of August, I'll be talking about sci-fi and fantasy soundtracks. Basically, I'm just going to kind of play my greatest hits. Well, maybe not the greatest hits, but uh, just different soundtracks. I'm going to try to avoid both probably Trek and Star Wars. I'm going to try to play some different soundtracks and different musical pieces from different movies and TV shows that I've enjoyed over the years and maybe some things you've not heard of that much and just a little sampling and a little fun for next week's edition of Treks and Sci-Fi. And in two weeks, we're going to do a Skype call, talk about sci-fi and fantasy on TV and at the movies. Um, I'm also enjoying that Merlin TV show still uh, that's airing on NBC. It's already aired in uh, the UK. I heard they're going to start a season two of that up soon. But anyway, we're going to do a Skype call. That's going to be recorded, actually, on Saturday, the 22nd of August. So mark your calendars. If you'd like to be a, you know participate in that, uh, please let me know. Just shoot me an email, and I can add you to my Skype friends list. And uh, we'd be happy to have you. The more the merrier for uh, probably be early afternoon Eastern time on the 22nd for the the weekend of the 23rd. And uh, let's see, the next weekend, on the 30th, we're having a guest cast by Feathers, or Mike uh, Featherstone on the forums is going to do a whole guest cast 
on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So you really are in for a treat, I think, for that. And it's always fun to hear a new voice on the show, and I I try to do that when I can from time to time when people uh, would like to do it. If you have a subject or a movie or a TV show you'd like to talk about, just let me know. We can work that out. And what else? We're up to then uh, early September. The 6th of September is going to be a anniversary show. It'll be the fourth uh, year anniversary of the podcast of Treks and Sci-Fi. So that'll be that weekend. I'm going to do a live uh, show, which I like to do for those. And haven't really decided what to talk about. It'll probably be some kind of generic you know, subject line. I might want to hit Star Wars a bit more. Maybe talk about Clone Wars a bit and, and that. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but uh, that will be on the, uh, I think that's Labor Day weekend for the people in the United States, the September 6th, that Sunday. And then uh, the 13th of September, this is as far as I got the schedule out to right now. That's going to be the Voyager episode, Body and Soul, which I think is one from one of the later seasons, six or seven. Uh, that's a fun episode, one I've wanted to cover for a while. So that gives you a little synopsis of what's up and coming on Treks in Sci-Fi. I hope there are some things in there that uh, sound interesting to you and uh, that's about it if you'd like to uh, donate to the podcast there's links on the main website uh, join the forums put a review on itunes all that stuff is great and i i always appreciate that so that's it i'm out of here edit this up and get it uploaded to you oh one last thing i apologize for my mess up and, and mistake on the feed uh, earlier this week uh, for those who listen to the ready room which is part of the feed of treks and sci-fi I, I had a little error in the feed. Error, uh-oh, where's Nomad? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not wearing a red shirt today. It's kind of a gray shirt. Anyway, I, I messed up and had to release. Uh, I accidentally released the Ready Room t- twice. Well, the, I released 62 again uh, because the, the, I released accidentally 61. It was just uh, I, I changed. When you change the feed, you got to put the file name down, and I do a lot of copy of pasting, and when I did that, I forgot to change a 1 to a 2. And that's what happened. So that's why you see two ready rooms for this past week, a repeat one and then the most uh, latest one. So that's it. Let me get out of here and, uh, well, get some lunch and then edit this up and put it up on, on the uh, the feed. And I, I promise no mistakes with this one. So, uh, well, or else no mail will come get me, right? So. All right, everyone, take care. Have a great week. I'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Your weekly dose of geeky goodness and sci-fi entertainment news. This podcast copyright 2008. Rico Dosti.